0: This time the Hilly Preach Creek's gonna bring a couple of specials, I was asked last Sunday by uh, a lady, and I won't call her name, if I would do the special for her this Sunday morning in her absence. Well, she's here, but she she said, and I, "I want you to do your daddy's song." And I said, "I don't know. We have uh, sung this song so much. I, I'm not going." She said, "Oh yeah, please. That's the song I want you to do." And uh, a friend of mine told me, said, "You know what? We've been singing." Uh, Just over in the glory land and victory in Jesus for over 150 years here. So you're not going to wear it out. I said, well, and there'll be somebody here that probably, possibly has not heard it. So anyway, so we're going to sing a song that my daddy wrote before he passed away. And you know, uh, this is a season to be thankful. And I'm thankful for a father that instilled in me a love for God. A love for my family, my church family, hunting and making music. And it's in that order, too. Are we ready? Sometimes we grow weary With the toils
1: of this life Yes,
0: whether well, some of us are pipelines, some of you are construction workers. And you know, we leave and go off to war or work and we come back. And this is like being in a beautiful rose garden. I swear, surrounded by family and friends that love you, you get patted on the back and you get a lot of hugs. You know, when you're off working in places like that where no one knows you, you don't get this sort of thing. But it's so wonderful to be back and to be in an atmosphere like this where people love you and you're surrounded by so much beauty. And, you know, there is coming a day. You know, Roses they will fade. We leave it fades and we come back. And it's bright again. But there's coming a day when we'll be in a place where the roses never fade.
1: Uh-huh.
2: kind of do a little introduction thing here because they're all getting old and it takes them a while to get their guitars back in their cases and uh so just give them plenty of time and i love it when i can make them grin like that and uh i see them up there grinning but uh y'all take your time don't get hurt okay no no tripping up jared take care of these fellows (laughs) we are going to be as they're wrapping up we are going to be uh looking we are switching i know it's still november but we're swapping to christmas and uh because i've got four chances at you before december 25th and i decided on a series called hope and that jesus is our hope he's the hope of christmas and this is the theme verse Just the last part of it, which has to do, of course, with Jesus and describing Jesus and thinking about Him. And as you, uh, whether you're looking on the screen or in your Bible, that theme verse, this is the the theme that will be reoccurring for the whole uh, four week series. His name is wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the prince of peace. Now with all of and then the hope and I put all of this in your bulletin to kind of give you a head start that today we're going to be how looking about Jesus is not only these things he's more. He was born in the flesh. He that and sometimes you hear preachers say Jesus incarnate that means in flesh. God came down. He's our healer. As you look here, He's our offering, our pursuit, and our entrance, Entrance. and he is the door, he's the doorkeeper of the sheep, and this morning, he can heal a lot of things, and a lot of us are facing uh, different things, Uh, my wife has been wrestling with some health ailments, and uh, and. Different ones are fighting cancer, have fought cancer. Jesus, we give Him the glory. Even though science and medicine are marvelous and awesome, uh, just a, its very insignificant. Uh, I, I learned that uh, I'm going to give it a shot anyway. This coming, just say a little popcorn prayer. This coming Saturday. Uh doing my very first marathon in Memphis, Tennessee, St. Jude's Marathon. Thanks to your uh, helping out in this, I've raised $700 for St. Jude's Hospital. And I'm so thankful for those who have given uh, to that, uh, church members and my parents and different ones. And I appreciate them for doing that. That's a neat hospital for those children facing cancer. I've, But I've also found out I've got a stress fracture in my foot. And uh, so it's making it very, very difficult. And so I'm going to give it a shot anyway, see what we can do. Let's look at this very, very first verse in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, and verse 23. Matthew 24, uh, excuse me, (laughs) Matthew 4, verse 23. This is a powerful passage of Scripture, and this is what we need Jesus to do today, not only in our lives But also in our church, in our hearts, and we'll look at this. The Bible says here, and let's go ahead and stand for the reading of this scripture. Thank you for standing for God's holy word. A lot of places, you know, I'm so thankful we went to Branson, did get to see two shows, and and I'll mention one of those a little bit later on because it incorporated with uh, getting our hearts right. But um, God is still uplifted in some parts of our country. Thank the Lord. And and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Notice this, and healing all manner, all different kinds of sickness, disease among the people. Let's pray, Father. Thank you that you are our healer, and that you can not only heal physically, but you can heal spiritually too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And again, I appreciate you coming this morning, being a part of this service, and I hope that the Holy Spirit of God just works in your heart uh, this morning. I hope that I say something that rings home with you Uh, still in isaiah uh that's our theme anyway Uh, and i'm going to back up to verse one and uh excuse me chapter one and verse 18 get all the numbers straight here and uh, jesus can heal our heart and i put here are you saved that's in your bulletin anyway and uh we'll just start off with this right here jesus can heal our heart now he can thank the Lord when Jesus heals. Uh, he can help people out. I was uh, uh, <clears throat> uh visiting with Jimmy, and he was talking about getting his fingers warmed up he has uh, uh, fought with arthritis for years and years, and uh, well, I know he 'd just be thrilled to death if Jesus was just to take all that arthritis away one day, wake up, and those fingers would just work like new again, you know, but different ones sometimes we our ailments go away sometimes they don't uh sometimes we just fight this old body this old body gets older and we fight it all the time but it doesn't matter did you know what everybody that jesus healed still died (laughs) have you ever thought about that i mean he even uh rose people from the grave healed them of cancer but they still died Think about it. So the main healing is not our body. We can pray all day long. Matter of fact, 95% of our prayer requests are for physical healing. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Thank the Lord. We need to pray for each other. Pray for each other. That's a big thing today. Our health. But bigger than our health, more important than our health, is our heart. And Jesus can heal our heart. And I'm not talking about uh, getting a new stent, okay? <laughs> I'm not used to it. It was angioplasty, which is uh, balloons. Now, nowadays, it's uh, more stents, you know, and all these things. It's not open-heart surgery I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your blood pumping muscle. I'm talking about you inside Jesus can hit what's wrong with our heart. What's wrong with our innermost desire? According to this, we have sin living inside of us. There's something wrong with me and you. And it says here in Isaiah, two, two scriptures from Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, that just means stained. It just means stained. So we're, we're stained before God. We have, we have something wrong with us. The Bible says in the New Testament, we don't have time to go through all the Romans road, but folks, we are all sinners. We're all stained before God. Though they be, or excuse me, though they be as, sins, be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Well, somebody says, the way we and I, you and I, we, hopefully I get untongued by the end of the message, uh, the way we often justify ourselves. Or make ourselves look good to ourselves. And we don't even have to. Most of the time we are worried about how we appear before others. Most of us put on our our nice clothes uh to come to church this morning you know and we are we want to do our hair we want to do our somebody said well i can never tell if you do your hair preacher because it just sticks up and uh i'm just glad there's some up there (laughs) and just glad there's some of you know it's turning colors and all this but i'm just glad there's some up there and uh but you know we we fix each other and you know everybody's up nice and you dress nice this and that but but folks we're not here to impress each other We're really not even here to impress God because there's nothing you and I can do to impress God physically, okay? Physically with our appearance and our outside. Well, I tell you what, I'm not as bad as oh so-and-so. Do you know who goes to your church? Do you know what they did last weekend? Do you know what about this? I'm not as bad as such and such. Well, I've never done this. I've never done that. But when you go to comparing yourself horizontally, that means with anybody in the world. You can make yourself look better. Huh. But when you compare yourself to God, we all come up short. When you compare yourself to perfection and holiness. My son-in-law, uh, Sean, that's married to... I uh, only got one, so I guess it just goes without saying. But uh, we were talking about... And he pastors and Elder Raider, and we were talking about different things. And we were talking about uh, Jesus appearing... Uh, before people actually getting to see God, bef- was, but every time you, in the Old Testament, when people, somebody would see God, there would always be a veil. There would always be a cloud, a fire, a burning bush, a, uh, some sort of a body, if you will. Sometimes God appeared in a body when he wrestled with Jacob, when he appeared before Joshua, so on and so forth like that. And there's always something because God, why? Because God is holy. And He's so holy, the Bible says, if we looked at Him with no filter, we would die. That's hard to imagine, a God that holy. I'm not that bad, preacher. What are you saying? Folks, if you die without Jesus, you'll bust hell wide open. That's it. I'm not trying to... I can't paint a pretty picture because it's not. we are... Are sinners I'm not that bad I'm pretty good I give money I give what But no, no, no I don't care if you gave Every cent Of your whole life Isaiah 64 And verse 6 The word of God says this But we're all as an unclean thing And all of our righteousnesses Are as filthy rags Wait a second Aren't you being a little too harsh? Well, you'll have to take that up with the Lord. All our righteousness, that means what that means is is any good thing you can do, God says is wait a second, you is he calling my stuff that no when you try to earn your way to heaven when you try to impress god with all he wants is your heart all he wants is you to give your yourself he's i mean when we give stuff to god god's already got stuff but he doesn't have you you have to give yourself willingly and we all do fade as a leaf you know what that is arthritis cancer wrinkles <laughs> I mean, everything, gray hair, sunspots, everything uh, that is wrong with us, our bodies wear out. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Away from what? Away from Him. He can heal your heart. Uh, <clears throat> go ahead and uh, go to the book of Jonah. If you want to follow along in your Bible whether it be in your Bible or on the screen, either one. The book of Jonah, in chapter 3, there's only four chapters. So uh, this. I went to uh, see these, uh, and you may have been to them. You may have seen these shows. uh, It's called Light and Sound Theater in Branson, Missouri, and uh, they're pretty pretty neat shows. Uh, they've, I've seen uh, Noah was the first one. That was really awesome. And then we saw Joseph, and that was pretty cool and uh, just neat. And matter of fact, they came on the very first part of the shows, and they would say, uh, we're here and pray and try to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought for a company to do that, that's really, really great. This this has probably been one of my favorites. Noah's scenery is real cool, animals, and it looks like you're inside the ark, and that's just really awesome. The story of Joseph was really awesome because of forgiveness. But I think, you know, and I know it's kind of like music. Everybody has a different opinion on color or music or something like that. But this, this story that they did about Jonah, and since it's so short in the Bible, they had to have some dramatic license, if you will, but the scene what they depicted about chapter 3 which was to me this makes it my favorite my favorite of all those shows that they show up there at that theater is it was really great and it's because of this chapter right here this chapter right here the whole chapter is about the revival in Nineveh and it was portrayed there in that uh, drama a play And I know that there's no way. I mean, the real thing is the real thing. You can't. And there's no way to 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 replicate that. And we can try. And how many times have we had dramas up here and replicating a scene and the crucifixion. And the, many of us have seen a passion play. But folks, when I say Jesus can heal your hurt, what I'm talking about right now is that if there is something wrong in your heart, if there is something wrong in your life, notice what happened. You've got to get that right this morning. Let's wipe away Thanksgiving. Let's put everything out of our mind. Is something wrong in your life? Does something need to be made right between you and God? This morning, you are either lost, and I know, I cannot ever take for granted that there's somebody here that doesn't know, you know, preachers especially, can use words, and what do you mean by that? What I mean, if I say lost, I'm talking about you've never prayed and asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never done that. Now you say, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's fine. I believe in George Washington. That doesn't make him my Savior. I believe that he existed. I believe he died on the cross. That does not save you accepting him asking him praying saying and you have to realize why did he die i mean what's it all about it's kind of like saying somebody hand me this handmade, hand made one of a kind uh hunting knife thank you what is it for what did i use it for I mean, I don't, I don't why are you giving it to me? God did that. He made of one of a kind. He gave his life, His son, and his one and only son, for us, and you have to know why. Why do I need him? Why should I even accept him? Well, these people here, they had something wrong and they didn't even know it. Did y'all know there's people headed toward hell and they don't even know it? You say, how can they but they <clears throat> take that up with the Lord. Notice verse 1, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Go, arise, go, go preach to Nineveh and tell them. Verse 3, Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a great city, three days journey. And what that means is not three days journey because it was 600 miles. It means that's how far across it was, the city. It's a long ways from he got spit up in the Mediterranean Sea, long ways to Nineveh. But the city was huge. In matter of fact, he says he's only gone one day's journey into the city. Verse 4. He began entering the city in a day's journey. He cried, Forty days, y'all are all going down. Okay, that's what it says. Verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Folks, and, and whenever this was... I mean, we had there were some ladies behind. There was... I mean, re- revival broke out in the drama up there in the, in the play. And re- there were some ladies. They were shouting behind us. Whoa! Yeah! Amen! Preach it! Go on! And they was getting after it. And I mean, there was, And then the king got after it. And it was all right here, verse for verse. Because look here. Verse 5, people started... I mean, that's what revival does. It starts... As a little snowball, and then it starts rolling downhill and affecting other people, folks. I would love to see revival break out at Promised Land. For throw out the, you know, the, the cantatas and the decorations and the and the turkey and the ham. Of course, I'll go eat it later for seconds, you know. And then and all of that. Nothing matters as your heart does with the Lord. Do you know Him and are you living for Him? And revival started breaking out. Verse six. The king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, lay hold on his robe. From him, he's throwing stuff down. He said, man, everything's going wrong, but I hear. we got to get things right between God. In verse 7, he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh. Remember, this is a huge city. And it's noble saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything, and let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. And who can tell if God will turn and repent? Did you know what? You can turn and you can ask God to, God, forgive me. Does God have to forgive you? He doesn't have to. He just promises He will. Which is pretty awesome. That's a great thing. If any man will repent and turn to him, he promises that he would. And then in verse 10, and God saw their works That they were turned from their evil way. And God, notice this. It says God repented. All that means is, this is pretty interesting. Very interesting here. Because I believe God gives you a choice and me a choice. And did you all know the Bible says that we're created in His image? The word repented there just means changed His mind. You have a choice. You can change your mind. You can be headed this way and you can change your mind. And head back toward the Lord. You can backslide. You can turn to Him. And uh, in other words, I think God... In other words, would God have destroyed them? Matter of fact, even Jesus, you say, don't try to figure stuff out. Well, even Jesus, either Jesus is telling the truth or He was a liar when He said these words. If these mighty works would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. So either Jesus is telling the truth or he's telling a lie. In other words, Jesus knows what would have happened if people would have done this. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever said, man, if I would know then what I know now, how many different choices would I have made in my life? Well, Jesus can not only heal your heart, he can heal your hurt, and he can heal your home. Interesting passage of Scripture that I've used before in the book of Luke, chapter 2, in verse 41. (laughs) Look at how the Word of God paints this picture. Many of you know this, when Jesus was 12, uh, his parents left him. At Jerusalem. Now that's the way they worshipped. They would go up to Jerusalem to worship. And it says in verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year. At the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem. After the feast. After the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days. They returned. Uh, As they returned. The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother. Knew not of it. Have any of you ever. (laughs) Lift your hands. Have any of you ever lost your kid in the store? Anybody? Mm hmm. OK. And how, and would you admit that you panicked? Anybody panic? Yeah. Mm hmm. OK. And uh, so, you, I mean, there's nothing more. You know, my, my Karen gives me the kid. I can take care of the kid. You know, whenever Caleb was hiding in that circle rack of clothes that time, I tell you what, I was about to... He's lucky to be alive today. He's blessed, but he was that circle of clothes, you know, that so you can get right in the middle of that. And he was in there, you know, and I thank the Lord I saw that thing shaking, you know, and got him out of there. But they did. Then one day, uh, kind of like a lot of times on Sunday night after Promised Land, there's a lot of the young couples... Uh, Go grab a bite to eat somewhere. And, uh, anyway, so we were, we all did that at the last church that I pastored. And, uh, and we said, well, Allie got with who? Taylor went with so and so, and where'd Caleb go? We started calling, and turned out we had left Caleb at church. He was asleep on the pew, and all the lights were off, and the doors were locked. So I guess we did something. I mean, that's in the Bible. You leave Jesus at church. So we left our son at church. And uh, so they did. But a lot of times, that's the way people do every Sunday. They come, y'all come to church. I come to church and I've done it too. And we leave here and we don't take Jesus with us. We don't take Jesus with us when we leave this building. And he wants us to live for him. You know, He want, and, that, and that's by healing our home. Not only can Jesus heal, heal your home. In other words, He wants you to live for Him every day. He wants the dad to, to be a Christ-like dad. He wants the mom to be a Christ-like mom. He wants the kids to be raised in church. And uh, matter of fact, I want you to turn now to, to the book of Joshua. And look at Joshua. The very first scripture that I want to look at is verse 15. In Joshua 24, now this is the famous one that we quote a lot of times. And Joshua, he's standing up here at the end of his uh, ministry, so to speak. He's on up in years. And and it says here, And if it seem evil unto you this day to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served... That were on the other side of the flood are the God of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But you know, and a lot of times we'll have that on a plaque or a T-shirt. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to back up to verse fourteen because that really hits home, and it's and it's phrased a, a little differently here. Look at Joshua twenty four fifteen. Now, therefore, he's saying the same thing. Same people fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity, which means this, don't be a fake. In other words, don't leave Jesus at church. And when you leave here, you act differently and you live differently and you're and you act differently around your kids and you get and, and we don't we don't portray Christ or Christianity or Christ likeness to our own family. And it says, and put away the gods which your father served. And it kind of mentions that in 15, but just I want to look at this phrasing in 14. Which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And y'all need to serve the Lord. That's what the very last phrase says. Which I put it in here. In your outline, daddy didn't go to church. And in looking at this, what I'm saying is this, when when Jesus can not be your healer this morning, He can heal your home, He can heal your marriage, He can heal relationships, He can cause forgiveness, He can cause restoration. Because a lot of times people say, "I'm going to do just like Daddy did. I'm going to be just like Daddy was. I'm going to be just like Mama was." But what if Mom or Dad didn't raise you in church? What if Mom or Dad didn't uh, didn't do live a life pleasing the Lord, folks? That's what he's saying. If Mom and Dad didn't please the Lord, don't be like Mom and Dad. But a lot of us will choose the God of our Mom and Dad. Over the real God. We will choose to live like mom and dad lived. To act like mom and dad acted. Even if it violates scripture. Even if it's against the teachings of Jesus. Because we reverence and revere. And they did too. Man. Dad. Granddad. And we worship them so much. That we would rather die like them. Than like Jesus. Therefore, we're making a God out of our own parents. And so, our God that we worship is our mom and dad. And we, make, we can make a God out of our raisin. We can make, and, when, and he's saying, you go ahead and do that. You go ahead and worship your mom and dad. But your mom and dad, in the way that you say to believe in Jesus, but, but a lot of times kids and grandkids don't want to have anything to do with church. Me sons, ladies, it doesn't make a difference in their parents' lives. It doesn't make a difference in their grandparents' lives. I see no difference. It's okay to, to, to... I mean, there's no difference in the, in the cussing and the drinking and the living and the and the laughing and the joke-telling and the dirty joke-telling and the stories and the gossiping and the cheating and the running down and run just negativity. Go to church, this and this, and when I get home, I'm going to trash everybody. I'm trash the preacher. I'm going to trash them. I'm going to trash them. I don't like anything. Then why'd you come? Huh. If all we're going to do is just run it down. Have you ever thought about that? What I'm saying is our contradictory lives can lead our kids and our grandkids away from Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's saying if you want to worship the gods of your fathers, you go ahead and choose. But as for me, In my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice, isn't it? So Jesus can heal our home. And it's it's not about not making a mistake. It's not about putting on a front before your kids. Don't... You don't have to. They know. <laughs> and you know your spouses. You know your friends. You don't have to. I mean, don't try to. You don't even have to act goody two shoes around anybody. Just be real. Be real. If you make a mistake, admit it. Tell everybody. If you need to uh, ask somebody for forgiveness, ask somebody for forgiveness. If you need to seek restoration, seek restoration. You can let years of bitterness well up and be like a callus, and it will never be healed the longer you let it go. All it is is just that God wants you to be real. Matter of fact, biggest, the biggest accusation against Jesus was he hung around all these sinners. Instead of church going people. <laughs> <clears throat> As we get ready for a hymn of invitation. Get ready for a song. Let's be real with God this morning. Be real with Him. Whatever God may be laying upon your heart. Be real with Him this morning as we bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank You for this opportunity. I thank You that You are our healer this morning. That You are the one who is in the life-changing business. And if there's any of us this morning that needs to come and to pray at the altar, if we need to make things right with You, if we need to to make a decision of repentance, of revival. If there's somebody that needs to be saved this morning, they need to place their faith, they need to ask you to save them. To place their faith in you. If there's somebody that's worried about dying and going to hell that they would uh and say, Hey, I, I've got to make a decision here. I need to I want to know what, what God's word says. About how not to go to hell. How to go to heaven. And that it's real. And Father that we would do that. This morning as we have this opportunity. In Jesus name. Amen. As we all stand. we sing.